Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. J. Rudd at Aurora LASIK and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. J. Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange. Here we go. Ready? Go. It's Football Friday. Got to have it now. We got to have it now. Powered by GEICO. At GEICO, you have a choice of ways you can save on car insurance. Call 1-800-497-AUTO. Go online at GEICO.com or stop by the GEICO office nearest you. Come on, you're getting high now. You're getting high. You're too high, baby. On your home for college football Saturdays and the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950. Let's go get it. KJR. Is that what he said? Does that mean that you are going to hold Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk, Harley Race, the Road Warriors, Sting, Luger, the Steiners, Bagwell, Ric Flair, Steamboat? Does that mean you're going to hold us all in the palm of your hand to coin a phrase? I don't think so. Uh, never gets old. It doesn't. Falk Sisters, Flair, Geico Football Friday, and oh man, what a weekend. What a weekend we have in front of us. Pac-12 championship game. Really, the big game, though, will take place in T-Town under uh. the woodshed. Indeed, with uh, one Jason Puckett on the call, hey! O'Day about ready to, to take on another big banner in the gym up on Terry Street. Can't wait for that one tonight. Up on Terry, <laughs> Terry. First Hill. The championship comes home to First Hill. It does. Hill. Where it belongs, Puckett, where it belongs. Finally, yeah. it comes back home. What's the, uh, let's do prop bets, uh, I think, on the game tonight. Give me, give me an over-under how many passes for, for Monty Kohler and the O'Day fighting well, He's got tonight. an injured quarterback, doesn't he? He's on his third string. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go with. He had, he had a kid playing uh, that was a defensive end. That was playing quarterback. I'll go with five for Monty. Five, five. Well, yeah. you gotta, it's got to be a half. Let's go five and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, five and a half for Monty. And five and a half. I'm going to go the. I'm going to take the under <laughs> on five and a half. Problem is, they might fall behind. So, well, they fall. Seems like they fall behind quite often. But it, that's at seven thirty. You can yeah. you can tune in to Puckett. Who's doing it with you tonight? I uh, am Christo Bruce and oh, Sheldon Cross. Oh, whoa, whoa. Three man, three man. Holy, well, holy Monday night football, my God. I don't really want to talk, so <laughs> just allowed those guys to, to come in and. In his telescopic seats or whatever yeah, it's tele- called. Tele- yeah. and, and, you know what I love about that? You know, yeah, that's right, yeah. The, the upgrades for Tacoma Dome. I, I love how the people, well, you know what those are. No, I don't know what those are. I, I had no clue. Neither, neither did and I. And then when everyone looked it up and then they had to After, reply. Well, everyone being Slick Hawk, yeah. who Googled it. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. I had no idea. Yeah. But I, the, the, the renovations won't be there uh, tonight, but no. look so, forward to it. Well, good. should be fun. Uh, they got championship football weekend. Just a quick shout-out before we get to the big stuff uh, with college and NFL. Down at Tacoma Dome. Uh, we'll have the game, the 3A game tonight, 4A game tomorrow. Is Dick doing yeah, four that tomorrow? A, uh, 4A tomorrow. Yeah, Dick and Hugh. That's on okay. 850. Okay. That's on 850 tomorrow. So okay. that's uh, Camus and Richland. Oh, okay. Perfect. It's a really cool story with, um, quickly, I know we'll move on, but uh, uh, Richland and Kamiakin. It's the first time ever you've in the tri the Tri Cities has had 
two teams play in the championship game same year. I lived uh, I lived there for three. So very cool for them. Yeah, I lived there for three, almost four years, and in the in the mid to late nineties, and they were always they were always the same classification, so it never would have happened. They but played, they, but they've they, changed. And but they played changed. this year, and, yeah. and Richland won by one. Yeah, it's, high school football is huge there, and uh, good for yep. them. And, and so, uh, so that's uh, the Kamiakin Braves tonight in O'Day. That's at uh, seven thirty. Puck will have that for you on uh, nine fifty KJR, and then right after the game, I think we'll lead up. I I'm, that's what I'm going to say. You're probably lead right into it, right? Yeah, I'm waiting for for Purple Sheet and, and uh, APD. Why you just stay on until they until the game's over? Oh, I no, no, no. They, once the game's over, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Golf clap gone. But no, we should no, we should kind of sync up right with the honks. I mean, I think the Pac twelve game starts, the championship game. Six twenty. Six twenty? Yeah. Three hours. I feel like those high school games never start on time. Well, this days. one well, they have a game before them. I think right. it's the two B. So, right. That's why so it'll which they won't pass, start on time. I think in the two B, that's all they do is throw. Yeah. So well no, I can't be three and a half hours. No. It starts at 4 o'clock. No, no, no. no. But they gotta, no. are they going to do the anthem again? No, and, no, no. Well, yeah, because the game's also on TV, so they'll have a little bit extra stuff yeah. going on. But I'm what, 7.30 start, let's say it's 7.45, yeah. with, with, uh, with Monty in the bunch. <laughs> they won't throw. Pound it, I'm pound it, pound it. two and a half hours, two yeah. hours max. max. Yeah. So we should probably uh, do the little handoff to, to the Husky Honk. Hand off the baton to, to the guys right afterwards. Yeah. They'll be down in Santa Clara and uh, have the postgame show for you, the Husky Honks, after the Huskies and Colorado Pac-12 championship game. So you get Pac-12 championship game tonight. Very cool. You'll have a Softy full day. Of, landed. Oh, thank God. Full day of college football championship games tomorrow as well. And then obviously on Sunday we've got the Seahawks and Carolina in, in a game that you know, hopefully we've done a good enough job this week of, of at least on this show, articulating to you that – do not look at four and seven. Do not just sit there and go, well, W, thanks for coming. Don't pull a Jackson Feltz. You know, the, well, I mean, Washington, once we cruise by Colorado and just and just well, put Jackson's, them aside. Uh, yeah, you Jackson's know. already gearing up for the number two seed in, yeah, the, in the college yeah. football Yeah, once that happens and we, you know, we're waiting on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock when those announcements are made and we're number two because we're so impressive against just a downtrodden, I mean, this is Colorado from the last three years. It's stunning they're even in a playoff. Uh, you know, don't think that with Carolina that with four and seven. As we told you, five of those seven losses have come from three points or less, four with three and one with one. They have the same dudes uh, for the most part outside of Josh Norman. Their secondary isn't very good. That's, that's the weakness. Their offensive line has been beat up. I was listening to Tony Softley earlier, and, and you know, he's kind of going through the, the names. They still got guys. You know, like they still got a bunch of dudes on that team that know how to play football, and that's not going to be an easy one for Seattle. Well, what are the lot? There's seven losses, right? Yeah, it's an average of five points. Right. Well, I mean, all I have to do is look at two double-digit losses, but the other, I mean, it's it's just it's simple. They lost the first they, they game got, at Denver by one. The, you know, the, the, I think the area that would con- that concerns me, I think, about Sunday's game is that you know Seattle, I, which offensive line I guess is going to show up? I mean, you're going to see the one that you saw against New England. In Philadelphia, you're going to yeah. see the one you you saw against Tampa Bay. The good news is, looks like Britt is back. Yeah, I know you got official word coming up uh, at two o'clock, but that's a good front four. Uh, despite the you know Keekley not being there and Norman not being there, uh, those four up front are, are really good. What do we what have? Do you have? Big breaking news. This better be big from Dave Softy Mahler. Oh God, landed be Colorado. 
you not just say he landed? I think I just said that Sofia's landed. I sworn you just said he landed. I'm not sure it's about big breaking that. breaking news. I, 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 it, but you got to play the breaking news bet. Well, it. It Did you work. hear me say that he landed? Well, I was trying to play it earlier, but you guys wouldn't let me. So Because you didn't <laughs> listen to him. I, you, you got in my ear after that. I said that he had landed. Well, I was you, too oh, excited. No, 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 but, I was too excited. But you got in my ear after I said news. that he had landed and said, hey, I've got breaking yeah. news. It's funny. Yeah. I... I, I and I'm I'm howling. <laughs> hey, the, do you hear about Netflix? Yeah, it's it's crazy. I know. Thanks for that tip. I, I still it doesn't top the best news of the week is this Netflix being able to download. Oh, I <laughs> I'm I'm looking forward to a hellish trip to Green Bay with the fact I can actually watch some, single, some stuff. It's yeah, the best thing in the world. Uh, twelve and fifteen were their other losses that were not single digit. Puck. They lost by twelve points and by fifteen points. So they haven't lost by more than more than two scores. It's it's, it's no. not a four and seven team outside of the fact that they haven't been able to close now. You know, they also last year they found a way to win those close games. But I, I'm there's a there's a part of me that you, know, you talk about razor thin in terms of where you are with you know razor thin in the college football. That was kind of the, the theme, right? This week, the razor thin, razor thins could be Seattle in in talking about what the postseason looks like for the Seahawks if they don't get a nice little win on Sunday because then you go to Green Bay. They probably feel like all of a sudden they're a little bit better than they were after getting their win last week, and they could come in on a two-game winning streak. And that 7-3-1 record with teams crawling up your backside, you should still win the division, but you're going to probably be one and done as far as home games. These two teams have just played pretty even football over the years. You go back Mm -hmm. to 2013, I think the one game that that is the only game that really got away from from either opponent is the – year they went to the Super Bowl, it's the year after, I can't remember which one, in the playoffs, in the divisional round, which Seattle, I think, won, ended up winning by 14. Yeah. But, again, that wasn't an absolute comfortable game. It wasn't really comfortable until until Cam, I think, kind of put it away. But, you know, that's the largest victory by Seattle in this, or yeah. largest win by, by anyone in this series. I, I just think it's going to be a tight game in the fourth quarter. I think it's going to be nerve-wracking, kind of chewing your fingernails. That's the way Seattle plays. I don't think they're going to blow them out. I don't think they're going to win by double digits like they did against Philadelphia because, frankly, I mean, the quarterback is just way better, yeah. way, way better. Yeah. And they've got more playmakers on offense than Philadelphia. Philadelphia's got nothing on the outside. I mean, zero. So it's um, – I, I just was so taken aback by how bad they looked last week mm. on offense, especially the line. I mean, just – floored how awful they look well I, puck it's it's when when they when they cannot stay on the field and they cannot sustain drives and they at the same time the one little the one little achilles for the defense is they have not been able to do a great job of getting off the field especially in the first drives of games and, and get that field position i mean they cherish that that's why they always defer they want to get the ball in the second half Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. Jay Rudd at Aurora LASIK and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. Jay Rudd. He is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange. They've been horrible in the yeah, third change quarter. Change it up. Well, change up the mojo. It hasn't helped. I'll just give you the, well, the number that jumps out at me. Seattle has 22 third quarter points this year. I mean, that is, a, that is nothing. That is like the far and away their worst quarter. If you look at other teams around the league, it's among the worst in the league in the third quarter. They want to start the ball with the ball in the third quarter. They, more often than not, they do start the ball with the ball in the third quarter. They're not doing a great job 
early in you know the first and the third quarters, either getting off the field, eight straight uh, games they've given up at least a first down, and four of those have given up points on the first drive. And then the third quarter when they do get the ball, they're not doing a good job of going down the field and scoring. Right. Right. They just they, they, they cannot, they can ill afford to keep that trend going if they want to be a team that's to be reckoned with. You wonder sometimes, too. And I, I, Tony said that they didn't – how do we describe it this week, Puck? Because uh, Chuck asked him a question. It was a good question to ask a, a guy that worked in a front office. Did Seattle kind of not mail it in but try to go down there and steal one, I guess, by resting some guys? And, and, and Tony said, ah, teams never do that. I just I, – I beg to differ in that regard. I, I think if that was a game that they felt like they had to have, if they had to have had that game, I'm pretty sure Britt, watching him work out, shed – for sure, not sure about Earl, and Bennett maybe as well. I think they would have had some guys play. I, but that was a game, you and I talked about it, that they went in, and Frank Clark said it after the game. I thought he said it bang on. It started last week in practice. Like they saw, they, he, like they kind of felt last week in practice. It was almost like, eh, it's Tampa, mm-hmm. go down there, whatever. Wow. Now they've given themselves left margin of error. So now you have to decide to pick it up. Michael Bennett coming back, I think, is going to be enormous for them. And not just because of the player. I think it's because of who he is and what he brings. Yeah. I just think that's a guy that just brings so much to the table. And you're going against an inexperienced, beat-up, you think our offensive line in Seattle is bad, folks. I can't wait to see what Carolina throws out there because it's not Ryan Khalil and company like it's been the last couple of years. It is a just absolute dumpster fire. And you put Michael Bennett fired up, pissed off, ready to go into that mix, and that, that might be the difference in the ballgame. I mean, right you now. got a guy starting at center. I mean, he's the third string guy. Yeah. I mean, now he's, you know, making the starts. Imagine so. that if you had to go to Will Precheck, you know? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean they, have, they have been a disaster. I mean, again, they only have one guy. I think it's the guard. Is it the left guard? The, the one guy that has been, you know, since week one now that will start, you know, coming up on, on Sunday. But. I just the, the the defense to me. I, I know they've given up a bunch of yards in the passing game, and not having not seen every single game of Carolina, yeah. I want I'd like to know. Like, I think those stats sometimes can be misleading in terms of you know how many yards you're giving up. I mean, they don't give up anything on the ground, right? Um, are, are those garbage yards? How are they coming? Are they big chunks? Are they inflated by a couple of games? I know Breeze. I think had a good game against them. I want to say Matt Ryan did okay, but. Yeah, I you know there's nothing I think in Seattle's passing game that I go, wow, they'll expose that, right? You know they'll they'll get 280. What are they giving up? 285? Yeah, 285 uh, on the year, 275 something like that. Uh, you know Seattle this year, I, I think that you know because of their issues up front, you know will they have the the protection, and and will they will they open it up to where they could take advantage of Carolina's a secondary? You know I hope so. Two seventy five. Two seventy five. I, I, hope, I hope to see some more imagination. Well, I think on offense, and and I think that's a fair critique. I think of this coaching staff and that offensive coordinator. It is it is very vanilla, and I know that the line dictates a lot of that. A lot of teams that don't have good offensive line play. That doesn't mean you can't do some more creative things and more personnel moves and and change up your looks and move the pocket, do some different things. And uh, frankly, I think they've just kind of. I mean, Greg Cosell, we've had on a bunch. I know we have sound from Greg. We'll talk to him again today. I mean, yep. how many times have you listened every week at 1 o'clock has he said they look elementary yep. in what they do Well, more, and, on more than one occasion? Uh, w- way too often, to be honest with you. I mean, I look back. You know, let's get back to what happened in New England. You know, you look at some of the big plays. Obviously, Procise isn't playing, but he had that little route when he was in the slot, had 38 yards, 36-yard long game by Tyler Lockett, 39 from Paul Richardson in that game. Uh, Doug Baldwin. 
Uh, 18 yards was his long game, but he had six catches for 59 and three touchdowns. Jimmy Graham made a difference in that football game as well. Four for 48, including a couple of huge ones as well for Seattle to convert third downs. Where's that team? The consistency is what's lacking. You know, what we saw in New England, and I still think sometimes you chalk it up to the emotion. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the coach just, he had one of those days. I had Tony kind of referenced that with Chuck, and I think he's right. You know, Chris Richard made adjustments. Chris Richard's defense was getting, was getting torched early on. They couldn't get off the field in that first quarter. They gave up two touchdowns. They, they, they looked confused at times, and then they clamped it down. They weren't perfect by any means. They didn't do a great job with field position, but guess what? They didn't give up a point after that, fourth, yeah. that, that first quarter. He made the adjustments. Bevel didn't seem to. Bevel didn't seem when you're 0 for 5, 0 for 6, 0 for 7 on third down, the adjustments didn't come on the I don't know if it. I don't know if it's the play calling, it's the quarterback, it's, the, it's Jimmy Graham. I don't know what it is. But I, what I'd like to see is can, can he be, can he be a, a prevalent force early on in the game? <laughs> yeah. I don't. You know, can can the I first pass saying. go to him? Can can the first several passes go yeah. to him? I, I, I think that I think we over I think these guys overthink it sometimes. I mean, why not force feed a play or a player as much as you can until they can show you that they can stop it? Um, you know, I mean I know it's two different sports, but my God, you see it in basketball all the time. I mean, all the time. I if anyone was watching last night, you watched the Warriors and Rockets play. Okay. <laughs> And the the Rockets down the stretch did one play. They did a high pick and roll for the last 35 minutes of the game mm-hmm. because they just knew that if they're going to switch, you're going to put James Harden or Steph Curry on James Harden. Well, that's a mismatch. Or they're not going to switch, and he'll be able to get around Iguodala and penetrate and kick out to the corners for three. My point being that it, it just kept working. So go to it. And I think for Seattle, go to Jimmy Graham until Carolina can prove they can stop it. Well, I don't, I don't know how many times this year I've... And I don't get why yeah, it takes him to the third no, quarter to realize I, I'm he's with on you. the team. Well, I, I don't know how many times this year I've looked down and, and looked at targets and looked at and, and sent a tweet out, you know, somewhat sarcastically but mostly out of frustration. You know, targets through a quarter and a half. Targets through 30 minutes of play. Uh, Jermaine Kerr's six. You know, Jimmy Graham yeah, one. I just, that's, you know, that's... No, no, no. It, it, it's... You know, I, I know, I know Kerr's at times has gotten picked on, but I think understand who and what he is. He, at best, at best, should be option number three among your receivers. At, actually, four. Lockett, in reverse order, Lockett, Baldwin, slash Graham, right? I mean, at, at, at best, he's your number four option, and yet you see him being targeted more and more. Jimmy Graham feeds off the crowd like nobody I've seen in a long time. He plays with an edge, with an emotion, and get him the ball and get him going and get that crowd going. That changes everything for these guys. And Hughes said that same thing on Monday during Hardcore was it gets him going, it gets the team going, but it also it sends a message to the other team mm-hmm. and that everyone plays off on it. And, I, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I just think that you have this, this huge energy force and ball Take advantage of it and take advantage of it early. I mean, I, I talked to you earlier this year about, you know, I thought uh, it was the Jets game. One of the games, it was it kind of – New Orleans. You know, I felt like he was – malcontent's too strong a word, but I felt like there's a guy that's pissed off at the world and, and, and frustrated with the way things are going, which there's part of me that, that still loves that about him. He wants the football. He believes – and he said it after the Jets game. It was a great quote. He said, he said, I always think I'm open, and if I'm not open – no one else is open. In other words, they're not going to get it. Yeah, he fumbled last week, whatever. I, feed him. You're right. Get him the ball. You got Shaq. 
Get him the damn ball in the low yeah, post. I, I, Get him the ball in the low post. There, there is. <laughs> I mean, honestly, there, there is. You know, him and Gronkowski and and and. Michael Irvin was saying it last night, and Michael Irvin's right. I think the hardest matchup in the NFL is, is Gronk, and that's going to be a huge loss for New England. Yeah. Graham's not too far behind. And no. In fact, I think he might be just number two in the league. Uh, well, and, and he has shown that at times this year. All right. Uh, of course, you got the Pac-12 championship yep. game as well. Softy has landed. He's landed. It, wait. I Adam, want to know how Adam, long. Do you have an update got, on Softy? I got Do you have an update, news. Adam? Hey, how I got long, breaking news. How, do you know off the top of your head? You've, you've been there. Yes. The San Jose airport to the stadium is how far? Ten minutes. So 10 minutes, how long does that take them? An hour. <laughs> we think we have, I mean, I, I've been to San Francisco many, many times. It's actually times. there. That, we think we have a bad here. There is nothing like that down he, there. He should be going opposite the traffic. Okay. If I remember correctly, it's early enough in the day. Where they're doing the show from is really cool, right Right by the stadium. Cool. So they should be good to go. But, yeah, they'll... I, there'll be some consternation. There'll be a hue, you know, telling them what to do. I, I'm, I'm sure by the time they come on the air, there'll be some frustration because the stress level is probably at about a nine and a half right now, <laughs> which I love. Uh, those guys will be with you at three o'clock. Ian Rappaport coming up in a second. Greg Cosell at one o'clock to break it down. This is actually what I'm really looking forward to talking to Greg today because all the stuff we talked about with the offense, Greg Cosell breaks it down like nobody else. Brought to you by Alaskan Brewing. He'll join us at one o'clock today. Puck the Picker will make an appearance as well. We got Chuck Showdown. So sketchy. Such a, just the most sketchy thing in the world. Rigged. We'll do that. Uh, and of course, hear from Pete Carroll live around 2 o'clock today, plus Rob Rang at 228, all on 950 KJR. It's time for our weekly visit with national insider from the NFL Network, Ian Rappaport. Look at the list and say, he's number five. What would it take to be number two or three? Powered by Geico. At Geico, you have a choice of ways you can save on. Hey, it's Ian Furness for my good friend, Dr. Jay Rudd at Aurora LASIK and AuroraLASIK.com. No more readers. How about that? For about 15 years, I've used reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange. I can tell you for a fact it's a life-changing and also something I wish I would have done years ago. You need to check it out as well. Go to AuroraLASIK.com. That's AuroraLASIK.com. Dr. J. Rudd, he is absolutely sensational. Get your consultation scheduled. That's AuroraLASIK.com for your refractive lens exchange. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Car insurance. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Go online at geico.com or stop by the Geico office nearest you. You know, it's a business decision, so players, veterans are like, you know, they all get it. It's fine. It's just strange. Now with Rap Sheet, here's Ian and Puck. All right. Ian Rappaport joins us from the NFL Network. Our insider joins us every Friday at 1230. Talk about what's going on around the National Football League. Get you ready for the weekend as well. Rap is with us on the Zeke's Pizza Hotline. How are you, sir? What's going on? How are you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Uh, let, let's start. With, I mean, a lot of news to get to. Maybe start with people been, and boy, it's interesting, a day after uh, or a morning after a, a blatant missed call on a two-point conversion with a blow to the head of a quarterback. The NFL is bringing on some full-time officials. How significant is that, and what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I don't think it's been decided yet. I think this is sort of their hope. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a very complex issue because these are all human beings. And they all have jobs. 
and uh, they have lives, and you know, I don't. Some of these guys make a lot of money. Some of these guys are very successful in different fields. So, what if they come to the NFL and take a pay cut? Do they want to do that? I mean, there's there's a very real human part of this um, that I think sort of needs to be considered because you know, if you're making five hundred thousand dollars a year as a as a lawyer, and you're offered a couple hundred, you know, small hundred thousand as a referee, is that something you want to do? Um, Assuming it works, though, I like the idea. You know, it would be basically one official per, you know, one official per crew, um, who knows the rules and knows everything you need to do and all that. And I think that's good. But you know, I'm not sure in the case of last night if it would have helped because the official was right there. He literally just could not see the blow to the head. Uh, he was the other hand that hit the shoulder blocked his view and he couldn't see it. And full-time officials or not, I'm not sure that would have changed that call. How, how good is Dallas in, in your estimation? I mean, they have had a lot of these close games, but had you know good teams. They win. They win close contests. I mean, is it is it a bit of luck, or, or are they making their own luck with their play? Uh, you know, it's it's a little of both. Um, you know, I really think um, last night we probably saw as good a Dallas explanation as we possibly could about how good of a team they are. They. All the things they did well, they didn't do any of that last night. They turned the ball over a bunch. Uh, they made a ton of penalties. You know, they were not didn't look like in sync the whole time. They lost time of possession. Um, they didn't run the ball great. Um, they couldn't move the ball great, and they still won. I mean, these are the kinds of games that, you know, when you're winning like this against a pretty good team on the road when you don't play well, that's when you're like, all right, this this team could be pretty good. Yeah, I. I... It just—it seems like the teams that uh, you know, last year Carolina was that team, right? That found a way to win the close games. That's that, a good. That's a that's a good comparison. Yeah, I mean that, that kind of seemed like that. You know, where they're not maybe as great, great uh, as the record, but they keep winning somehow. Which is the difference between you know we're seeing Carolina here this weekend. Maybe the, how much of that is the difference between Carolina last year and this year? Ian, I mean, we kind of talked about it. they've only lost. They've lost seven games, but five of them by three points or less. I mean, it's kind of the, that, that little small margin yeah. in the NFL in terms of, you know, being good. Well, and, yeah, and, and that's like, you know, when we talk about – it's like look at all the bad teams this year, right? Look, look at the Bears. Well, how many last-second losses have the Bears had? Last week, a receiver who we've never heard of drops a pass in the end zone, and they should have won that game. So, obviously, they're bad, but – not probably as bad as the record, but sometimes it all just piles up, you know. What's going on with uh, with Rob Gronkowski? I mean, I mean, I mean, I know that he's going to have the surgery. He's going to be out for for eight weeks, and hope, they hope that he's back uh, for the Super Bowl. But uh, any any further details on that one, Rap? No, I, actually, it seems like that's changed a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, because their plan uh, was to put him on injury reserve today. Now, based on the timing of the surgery, it might not happen. It might be Saturday. Um, but, you know, really they, they plan to do it today um, and end his season and give him time to recover and really, you know, really just take away any incentive to rush back and get on the field. They love Gronk. Um, you know, they went out of their way to show that there's no disconnect between the family and the, the player and the team. They released a statement together, uh, and they made very clear they want him back, and they're not going to let anyone 
do anything to compromise his health long term, which is why he's going to go on IR and uh, will be done for the season. I, I, and clarify that for me because I was watching your network's post game show last night. I don't know if it was Marshall Falk or or I don't know who it was. Was kind of insinuating mm-hmm. that they had to do that because there was a feeling that maybe the family wasn't on board with him playing last week. Yes, uh, there were some reports. So this story originally first mentioned kind of the possibility of surgery was mentioned from a reporter from the Buffalo News who's very close with uh, Gordy Gronkowski. So it sort of led everyone to think, oh, the family's putting this out. And I don't know what, I don't know who got the story from where. I, I have no idea. I don't know anybody's sources. Um, that's not true. I know a lot of people's sources. But I don't know for sure this source in this particular case. Um, and so I don't know what the motive was. But I know they were saying that the injury happened in Seattle game which means he played one game with a herniated disc. I do not believe that is the case. The family does not believe that is the case, according to their official statement. But that led some people to think that, you know, things obviously were not on the up and up with the team and the family. So that kind of led to that statement. How does that change the balance of power in the AFC if, uh, if there's no Gronk in the end? I think he's probably as important a position player, I don't know, I mean, maybe as important position player as there is. I'm trying to think of another one. Outside of the quarterback more position. Important. Right. right, right. Outside yeah. of the quarterback, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, but even still with the Patriots, I mean, they lost Brady, and then they lost their backup, and they still were 3-1. and one. <laughs> And obviously Brady's great. I'm not saying that, but, but they still managed to be okay. You know, so um, they are different when he's not there. They, you know, so many two tight end sets, and they can't run any of them now. It's basically the team's base formation. Now they can't run. That, like even forget about who the actual player is. Just that fact is dramatic. So they've struggled with him in the past. When they've not won Super Bowls, it's been with him not on the field. Um, I'm very curious to see how they respond. The history does not does not show kindly on this. All right, Rappa, it's, it's like Twilight. It's, it's our version of NFL Twilight. Where, where do you stand? Are you on Team Fisher or Team Dickerson? <laughs> I'm on Team Fisher. I think Team Dickerson is ridiculous. Ooh. Um, and, like, no, Ooh, seriously. Boy. And, like, he, here, he's allowed to criticize whatever he wants. Like, we in the media, and I think he's in the media, right? Yeah, he has, a show. He has he's a got a radio show. He works for yeah. somebody. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. He works for somebody. So, um, you know, he can say whatever he wants. Like, just like I can report whatever I want. If I know it's true, I can report it. And I have no problems, no conscience. I will report it. The problem is sometimes people get angry. And sometimes when you report something and you get the angry phone call telling you someone saying you shouldn't have reported that or I'm telling you it's not true even though you know it is true or, um, you know, this makes us look bad. There's a lot of reasons why you get negative you know, blowback from a story. I get it from time to time. You take the phone call, you deal with it, and you move on. But you can't rip someone and then say, I want sideline passes. You know, I'm not going to, you know, let's say I report some, you know, really negative story on, on the Seahawks, something, you know, horrible, and then I'm, you know, emailing Dave Pearson, hey, bro, um, can I be on the field before the game? Like, that would never happen. So that's kind of where I see the problem here is that Dickerson is still asking for these these perks while ripping the team. I don't know if this is true, but he claimed he claimed today that he has. Do NFL players have some type of pass that allows them to go anywhere? Because he was claiming he 
He was on this. I don't uh, think so. He was on. Well, he was on the I've set of, of, of Sports Center, and he was wearing this like this media pass. And he goes, "This thing can get me anywhere I want to go, so I don't need I don't need a pass from the Rams to go on the field." He said that the reason he asked for the pass was to test Jeff Fisher to, to see if Fisher would give him the pass. And when he didn't, he's like, "See, he's got something against me." I don't know. I think this is fun. I, I think that is I, literally the stupidest thing I've ever. I know, but it's it's <laughs> this is the be- I love this whole story because I mean Jeff Fisher. I mean. God bless Jeff Fisher. I mean, I, I I think the Rams should probably make a move here. I mean, I'm not – he hasn't had any success since Steve McNair was his quarterback with Tennessee. You know, he he doesn't know who he's playing this week. I think the funniest thing is going to be on Sunday after their game with New England, and he's going to – if they win, he's probably going to praise the fact that they stopped Gronkowski. <laughs> and he's, he's and not, Danny Woodhead. And he's yeah. not going to realize that Gronkowski <laughs> didn't play because he thinks Danny Woodhead is still on he's the team. He's got to be trolling. I think he's trolling us. I really do. On the oh, conference I call, think, I think he legitimately thought Danny Woodhead and what, Rob Bolden were still no, on the team. No, no, no. If I he's think trolling he's us, that's a great you. troll job, man. I'll give him credit. That's a great troll oh. job. No, no, no. Think, think about it. Think about it. Remember a couple years ago when he sent all the captains out who were in the RG3 trade? Yeah. And then when you asked about it, he was like, huh? Like, oh, thanks you guys for noticing, but I, I, those are just the guys who we happen to name cat. Like, he really played it off really well <laughs> as if he had no idea. And then they're like, oh, well, you know, you know, he, he, I think this is like, he's literally trolling all of us. Do you think he'll be back? Uh, I do, you know, barring some sort of, uh, you know, big time collapse. Um, I really think he'll be back. Seven and nine. Morocco won seven to nine. Well, seven to nine might look good right now. <laughs> he, he would probably take seven to yeah, nine right, right about he, now. He, he might. Uh, r- Uphill battle. We're uh, we're keeping an eye on uh, in Arizona too. So uh, your report: Jay Gruden's out, uh, or Jay Gruden says Jordan Reed's out. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah. Uh, which is uh, not a surprise because this is sort of what they thought earlier in the week. But you know, he was really trying to play. Sounds like he'll be back the following week, but out this week, and you know that he's very good. He is a matchup, not for all teams, but for a lot of teams, he's a matchup nightmare. Uh, and you know, not having him out there is a very, very big deal. Uh, and, and we're keeping an eye on what's going on with Arizona as our scoreboard watching continues out here in Seattle as well. So, hey, uh, Rap, we'll watch you this weekend. Uh, coming up in a few minutes on the NFL Network and then Sunday morning, I'm assuming, as well, correct? Oh, yeah. It's going to be nice and cold out on the balcony. <laughs> well, just dress warm, all right? And don't tell me you don't have a heater. You have you're one of those uh those anchors that has an, a heater at his feet, right? Uh no. But what I am oh. gonna do, I don't I, I, I do wear I, I don't like to wear a jacket on air. So I mean I, I don't like to wear an overcoat. But I probably this week will bring a blanket just to put on my lap. We'll see how that goes. Well, hopefully they'll pan down and we'll see it. All right. Uh we'll check it out <laughs> rap sheet on uh, Twitter and we'll watch it this weekend. Thank you, sir. All right, thanks, guys. There you go, Ian Rappaport joining us uh, uh, from the NFL Network. Yeah, I don't think such a pass exists. I've never seen one of those. Most of the time, the teams give the former players a, yeah. an official pass, which if you have the team's official pass, which is per team, yeah, I'm not sure if anyone else anywhere you want. saw it this morning, but he had he he wore something on the set when he was sitting down. He was telling uh, Carrie Champion, "Listen, <laughs> this thing gets me anywhere I want to oh, go, so good. I don't know, I don't need a pass from the Rams." If any, I was kind of half paying attention watching golf this morning. So if That's anyone awesome. else saw it, you can That's awesome. you know, text in. I think he's half crazy, but I love I love the battle between the two of them. I hope it continues the rest of the year. I hope they lose this weekend and he gets he gets pissed off again and gets Snoop on his side. I think it's anytime I think there's bad things giving, happening with the Rams is good. I think Rap's giving Fisher way too much credit yeah, to he be did. creative. He, he wasn't trolling there. He just was clueless. All right, we'll come back. We'll check in a little opponent audio. Right? Is yes. this Cam versus Sherm? Yes. 
yeah. <laughs> and Ron Rivera, the whole show. All right, that's coming up next. Now back to Football Friday, powered by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. On your home for college football Saturdays and the NFL. Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. Ian and Puck with you. We're in the Carter Volkswagen studio this afternoon, getting you ready for the football weekend that begins at 6 o'clock tonight with the Pac-12 championship. Puck will be on the call of the 3A high school championship. O'Day and Kamayakin at 7.30 with him. Crystal Bruce and Kennedy coach. Sheldon Cross, of I'm course, le- Sunday at 5.30, Hawks in Carolina. I'm leaving here right at 3 o'clock. What, 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 when do you think I pull into the parking should, lot at Tacoma Dome? You should, hopefully the kickoff will be delayed a little bit, and you should be there by 7.45. <laughs> no, you don't have to go through. Uh, you know what? You're lucky because the Tacoma Dome's before JBLM, so you're okay. No, no. This is the gonna five curves. The five curves the yeah. worst. Uh, JBLM's worse than that. You're, you're, you'll be all right. You'll be fine. I know I'm going to get there by kickoff. That's not the point. <laughs> he Four might hours. get there right two at Two hours. Kickoff. I mean, it's going to be two hours. Yeah, it be two hours. Oh, Enjoy yourself. All right, <laughs> we got a little... Uh, seeds at home. Oh, Lord. About last Damn night. It. You <laughs> just need one of those telescopic <laughs> seats in your car. No, what I want, flying cars. They were supposed to be here by now. So was the monorail. That's not here either. <laughs> Carolina Panthers, Cam Newton uh, talks about what he likes about playing in Seattle. It's the attitude, you know. They got guys on their team. We got guys on our team. Um, you know, just from guys. the outside Lots looking in, it just looks like when everything's going right, you know, they're having fun. Same, it's the same for us. So, you know, it's, 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 I always respect these type of battles and uh, actually looking forward to it. All right. Uh, is, is it, do you want to go Sherman first or Cam first for these? What works better? You tell me. Um, I think we should go Cam first. Okay. Yeah. Earlier this week, Richard Sherman talked about the karma that's come around to haunt Carolina because, of course, last year Cam Newton grabbed and ripped up a 12 flag. Oh, my God. I guess you heard the comment by Sherman yesterday about uh, karma. What about karma? He was saying, I guess it's karma that you wrinkled up the, the flag last year and he, he made the comment, it looks like you're not going to the playoffs this year. Where was the flag at? Uh, see, I don't have to play was it at our house? Yes. Oh, okay. But I think it's irrelevant what he says right now. I have a lot of respect for Richard, and uh, I don't think that has nothing to do with karma, that another opposing team's flag was in my stadium. I've got to side with Cam there, to be honest with you. I mean, you're taking, you're taking your, your flag's life into its own hands when you take it into the opposing stadium at that. Yeah, I don't and have flash, an issue. And flash it in front of the opposing I, quarterback. I know people had a problem with it. I don't. Oh, I just never nuts. had. I never had an issue with it. I didn't either. I it's. Didn't. You, you, I mean, what, what do you expect? I'm going to tread really lightly on this one, but this has bothered me for a real long time. And I saw it more again this week as someone posted video of some fans in Seattle didn't have a good time in Tampa Bay, right? And somebody and somebody posted a week before that was a video in New England. Fans yeah, didn't have right, a good yeah. time when the fan was taking his cell phone after the Seahawks had won and pointing it at New England fans. Well, what do you think is going to happen? I'm just going to say this. To the Seahawks fans who think that nothing bad happens here to opposing fans when they come here, you're an idiot. I mean, I I watch it all the time. I see it. I see how we treat the opposing fans when they come here. And, yeah, maybe it's not down the 100 level or in the club level. Go to the 300 level. Get out once in a while. Walk around. Go to the Hawks Nest. Go down to the South End Zone and just see how people respond to those wearing a different jersey. I think it's safe to say there's knuckleheads in it. Getting kind of tired of the whole like we 
God, I'm treated yeah. so poorly on the road. Well, there's there's knuckleheads in every stadium. I mean, that's just that's a that's a fact of life. There's a knucklehead in every stadium. Our stadium, their stadiums, all stadiums. Uh, Richard Sherman, here's what he said. Did he cross the line when he did that after the game last year? Yeah, he probably did. You know, and you know, I guess karma gets you. Doesn't look like you're gonna be in the playoffs this year. Okay. Uh, I like Sherman talking though. I got no problem with that. I'm not, the more Richard Sherman talks about football and and other teams and stuff like that, I'm in. Pushing the button. I'm in. I don't want to hear about how the league doesn't like defensive players. I don't, I'm, d- I'm done with that part of the Richard Sherman rhetoric. But if, if he wants to talk smack about the other team and karma, I'm all in. I'm, I'm all in. I like it. But I love the back and forth between them. Ron Rivera says the Seahawks are the barometer. Yeah, I, I guess you could say that. I mean, yeah, you know, there's a lot of teams in this league that you could say that they are measuring sticks. But you know, we'll see. Uh, again, it's uh, you know, I think it's it's one of those games that uh, you look forward to just because of who they are. I uh, it's. We've talked about that over and over again. That's Dallas has the best record in the NFC. New England still does in the AFC, but who knows if that could change. There are certain teams in this league that when you play them, that's who you measure yourself up for, and you always get the – that's why last week you can't go in there and mail it in against Tampa Bay. You always get the other team's number one effort. You get their A-plus effort. And with Carolina, you always do because they're the two big dogs on the block. And they have been – I mean, they're really – they're the best teams in the NFC the last consistently the last three or four years, right? I mean, they, they, they're at the top of the heap. So, uh, How about Thomas Davis? We just talked about it a minute ago. Russell Wilson won, but you got to stop Jimmy Graham as well. We just got to go out and execute the game plan. You know, he, um, we're not going to go in and, you know, just really focus in on stopping Jimmy Graham because they have so many weapons on offense. And, you know, if you look at what Russell has done all season long, he, he's utilized everyone that he, that he had over there and, um, we just got to make sure that we do a good job of keying in on them as a, as a group and not just one individual. I hope they got to worry about Jimmy Graham. <laughs> I mean, that means Jimmy Graham's getting targeted. That'd be a good thing. That'd yeah. be a very good thing. <laughs> Target him early and often, please. Cliff Averill, a lot of history playing against Carolina. I mean, I, I think the history plays a, a part in the sense of since I've been here, we've played him like five times, six times in four years, you know. So um, I think they know who we are, we know who they are, you know. So it makes for uh, just an interesting game. Models, just put them in the NFC West. I mean, my God, they play every year. Put them in the NFC no, West. I don't want to <laughs> see them in the NFC West. Uh, Bobby Wagner, you know what? One thing we probably haven't talked enough about this week, he's still got and, and he's been banged up and dinged up, but doesn't it always feel like the guy from Timberline steps up big against Seattle? Doesn't always kind of feel he broke that big run last year in the playoff game. you got to stop Jonathan Stewart in the running game. Uh, I just think um, they have so many different elements to it. They're, they got the, you know, the whole pullers one way, go this way. They're the only team, I think, that runs a quarterback power. You know, with Tolbert, you know, you got Stewart, you got, uh, you know, Cam. So it's, you know, those are three guys that you have to pay attention to, have to worry about. Um, but like you said, we've played this team so many times. It feels kind of like a divisional game because we have so much film on them. Um, so it's going to be, be one that we look forward to. Stewart and Newton between them have 12 rushing touchdowns this season. Stewart's among the league leaders in that regard. He's uh, only averaging 3.6 yards a carry. He has been dinged up, but I just kind of – it's a guy you still worry about. He's got the wiggle. He's got the power. He's got the strength. He just, he's Jonathan Stewart. He comes home, plays hard here in Seattle. So uh, something to worry about. Greg Cosell will break it all down for us like nobody can. We'll talk about the offense. Is Seattle's offense kind of taking a step back in terms of becoming a little more elementary again? Nobody breaks it down like Greg Cosell. He joins us coming up next.
Hey, it's Ian Furness for Aurora LASIK and Dr. J. Rudd. For about 15 years, I have had to use reading glasses for everything, reading text, looking at my phone, script writing, whatever it was. I had to use reading glasses, but no more. I had refractive lens exchange at Aurora LASIK with Dr. J. Rudd. It's life-changing. I wish I would have done this years ago. You can check it out as well. Go to auroralasik.com. That's auroralasik.com. Dr. J. Rudd and his staff are sensational. No more readers. Get your consultation scheduled today. That's auroralasic.com.